Hey there, people of the interwebs. Uh, it's me, Brandon Noel. If you're new with us, uh, the Bookies podcast is a book club podcast where once a month a group of people get together and talk about a, a novel. We discuss the plot, character, and writings of that book. And this month's book is uh, Stormfront by Jim Butcher. It's the first in the uh, Dresden series. Uh, but before we dive into this month's book, I just want to say, uh, you know, thank you for those of you who have liked the uh, Facebook page. Um, you can um, find more bookies and book-related things on the uh, facebook.com slash bookies. Um, also, uh, I just want to talk about uh, that drawing show thing. It's a YouTube show. Uh, where I draw a character from Saturday morning cartoons and talk about why he's important to me or why that character is important to me. Um, that show's coming back every Thursday at noon. We're starting uh, technically what would be like season two. So uh, please like and subscribe. Follow us there. If you're going to be in the... Um, uh, local Southern California Temecula area, uh, February 25th at 8 Bit Brewing Company. Very fitting. Um, I'm gonna be there doing an art, artist showcase. Uh, it's a Disney themed event. Um, so feel free to come by. It's gonna be a great show. Um, part of the local artists tour. So thank you for your support and, uh, just be aware, past this point, there be spoilers for uh, Dresden Stormfront. The outside doesn't matter. <laughs> it's the inside of the TARDIS that counts. Ours is the size doesn't make of noise. that episode. With I need to replace the battery. the battery. Oh my god, we'll tell you. What the hell, dude? It's that actual size. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Yahtzee. Tardis. Oh, oh, that's cool. But it's literally okay. the size. Like, if the door's open, that's exactly you could fit your hand through, and that'd be about There's it. an episode awesome. of the new stuff where the TARDIS starts to shrink. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Ours is smaller than yours. It's the size that it gets before they finally come Yeah, it. like, he opens the <laughs> like, he sticks his hand out, like... And he can barely, like, he's literally moving the TARDIS <laughs> <laughs> with his hand. <laughs> it's awesome! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have that size TARDIS. Yeah. So, um, Jim Butcher's Dresden... Uh, before we get going, Lewis, this was your uh, your pick. Uh, we when we were voting, Dresden has come up multiple times. So you want to give a basic, brief plot synopsis? Uh, yeah. Um, oh, uh, we should go around first. This has been a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> introduction. Introduction. Yes. Uh, I'm uh, Brandon Noel. I'm Eileen Noel. I'm David McFarland. Wayne Abraham. Lewis Lopez. Justin Stallard. Bonnie Stallard? <laughs> yeah. I was really thought you were going to mind that one. Because <laughs> yeah. podcasts are a visual medium. Exactly. Um, I was like, I think it's going to work, Bonnie. <laughs> and, and we are the Bookies Podcast. Uh, so, um, uh, Lewis, you want to jump into to Dresden real quick? Uh, yeah. Uh, Harry Dresden is an openly practicing wizard in Chicago. He is listed in the phone book. Um, and he has been tasked by the Chicago Police Department with discovering um, the he he is he is asked to figure out 
who killed two people in a manner that makes it seem like he himself did it. So he's not only trying to solve a crime, he's also, in a way, trying to clear his name. Uh, and all of this is taking place in a world wherein vampires exist, magic is real, and it's not always good. Um, and the average day-to-day mortals don't really believe in its existence because they will kind of turn a blind eye to it. Never mind the fact that uh, Dresden is in the phone book and he has clients because he's a private investigator. Uh, and things kind of go, let's say, downhill for him from there. It's very much a gumshoe PI type novel, but with magic thrown in. Yeah. Um, I I love the the Dresden File universe. We'll probably talk about the collective universe at the end because there's what uh, I think. There's quite twelve or thirteen books. There's at least like fourteen at this point. Plus side like little side stories that make into other collections of books. And there's a DVD series. There's board games. There's the dynamite uh, comic books. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Dresden, um, for, I just, I love this series. I fell in love with this series. Uh, I came to Dresden through the TV show, and I used to like the TV show until I read the books. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story of ed- almost every book ever read that was basically yeah. made basically yeah. off of. Almost. Almost. Not always, but there, there are a few exceptions to that. And like if, you, if you've only ever seen the show, The Dresden Files, on sci-fi, it's a, it's a decent show, but comparatively, the books are so much richer yes. and deeper Although, and to better. be fair, because I watched the show first as well, I still imagine the one actor is Bob. Like, oh, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I know <laughs> he's, it's not how it is in the book, but he's still the guy I picture as Bob. Yeah, yeah I, I, I talked to Lewis off-camera. Um, in the TV show, Michael... Uh, recurring the Carpenter family, they're black in the, the TV show, <laughs> and in the novels they're described as like Norse, uh, big blonde hair, white guys, yeah. and it's like no, every time they come up in the books, like no, they're black. Who cares <laughs> <laughs> how you describe them? Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. that small white child. Nope, nope, it's black. black. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so let's go through uh, our our favorite parts. Um, oh my gosh, should I get to start this time? Cause you want to start? Well, because I'm on this side. Yeah. So <laughs> we always go this way, so that's why I asked. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, my favorite part. Well, I'm just kidding. Do it, I will. Okay, so we have to briefly pause this podcast. We're going to have to pause so that you know a few people can be uh, dismissed. <laughs> so go ahead and start. Not so politely, but yeah. Okay, Mimi. Okay, so since I decided that I want to start first. I gotta say, my favorite scene in the entire... I mean, I loved a lot of the scenes, but my favorite was the scorpion fight scene. Oh, gosh. Because, oh. I mean... The first one? Yeah, the first one. With, between him and... Mm-hmm. It's just him in his office. Yeah. And because he gets, you know, he gets this talisman, thinks nothing of it, and then there's like a brief, like, oh, out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw it move, but it couldn't be. And then several scenes later, it's, it becomes this ginormous, like... Killer thing. Killer thing that's just like gonna kill him, and he's in a very tight space, you know, because he's trying to get out of his office. He's got at one point, um, he's in the elevator with it, and it's just so like the whole time. I, I love it because it's him basically trying to defeat something that he never thought he'd have to defeat. That and office gets thrashed. It does, and this is coming from a guy who, like, you know, we said there are werewolves, there are vampires, <laughs> or he's seen some crap that's like. 
Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't come across. And my favorite, absolute favorite part is after all of a sudden done that scene, you know, the paramedics are just like looking at him like, like what? Like they're just dumbfounded. What are you and in? he is walking, and he does the whole punch in the air thing. Like, yeah, I did it. You know, and just in my mind, that was the most epic way. Well, to like end Harry, that. he yells out his own name. Yeah. Harry, coming in black and dressed in like, yeah, suck it. <laughs> 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 the breakfast club. Yeah, <laughs> I think I even pictured him like in the outfit. Like, yeah, I won't forget about you, Harry. <laughs> and then, oh, what, a chapter or two later, he's got like twenty. What? No. <laughs> But just you the, just want to cry. Yeah, I know. But just <laughs> that whole, like, you could tell he feels so accomplished because he battled this epic scorpion. And he's just so... growing bigger. It's growing bigger. And he was just so proud that he survived. And, then, and um, the paramedics are just looking at him like, that's kind of weird. Like, like they think he's high on drugs. Like, what is he on? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was probably my absolute favorite. And, of course, there are a couple other scenes that I like, but that was just my favorite. So Awesome. Well, I think everyone could probably guess which scene was my favorite one. <laughs> it was the one with the demon and the girlfriend drank the wrong <laughs> potion. That's <laughs> funny. Okay, that was a funny scene. <laughs> and, and they're supposed to be all serious. She's all coming on to him all sexually. And, and the demon's trying to, shampoo yeah, in his yeah, hair. Yeah, he's all naked and everything. And, he, and the demon's trying to break through that magical barrier. Yeah. He's just like, you don't have time for this. <laughs> or the room. Yeah. yeah. And mm. then they eventually teleport out into the outside and into the water. <laughs> and they're all naked outside. In the alley. <laughs> well, he is. Yeah. 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 And then the cops. And then the cops show up. <laughs> and they're actually there to get him. <laughs> yeah. Well, like when he when he uses his lightning at the end of that, like he talks about his toenails smoking. Yeah. It's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. when he was calling awesome. on the on the unpredictable storm <laughs> yeah. to uh, tap into his power. Yeah, that was that was my favorite scene. Of course it was. <laughs> Wayne. I think a couple of my my favorite scenes because they they take place in location. I like his pub. Mm-hmm. Max. Yeah. yeah, and the the bartender and uh you know, he's such a verbose character. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so dynamic. Mm. Very chatty. Mm. And just, you know, the description of the structure of the place and and why it was structured that way and the whole place was a haven for the magic community mm-hmm. of which the majority mm-hmm. of them just are really low power, low energy things and it's a safe haven for them. You know, and um, then you know, he's there and his uh, probation officer shows up Morgan, yeah, yeah. Yes. Morgan, Morgan shows up and huge sword, yeah, and and he's there, you know, going to uh, he needs to leave, and Morgan is trying to arrest him, <laughs> and you know he's like, I don't have time for this, and so. Well, the dude's hell bent on. He just thinks that, yeah. that yeah, Dresden yeah. is guilty, guilty, he guilty. He's not an right. open mind at all. Yeah. And so he's there, and, and he's doing everything in his power to to make and, sure he's and guilty. And Dre- Dresden picks up one of the barroom chairs. <laughs> and, oh, 
wax him over it, you know, fully expecting the chair to break, and the chair is <laughs> unfazed, and, and Morgan is out cold on the floor, you know. And he reaches in his pocket and catches his his car keys. Didn't he end up borrowing Morgan's, or did he borrow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he borrowed, no, he borrowed Max's Max car. Max car, yeah. Now Max mm-hmm. says, yeah, Morgan doesn't need keys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Morgan doesn't need keys. He can teleport. Yeah. And, uh, nice power. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't get car sick on the way up the mountain, does it? Just no, teleport. Yeah. <laughs> but but the location from here to here would wreak havoc with your ears. Mm. Probably. Yeah. You your but first. No, that that was that was my personal favorite scene was just Max Barr, but that epic fight with Morgan was. It's not necessarily my favorite scene, but I I you get a lot of really good insight into who Dresden is as a person. Um, the first time he's talking with Bianca, like there's the whole thing about her being this like alluring temptress. You you kind of get the idea that she's like uh, almost like the owner of like a, a bunny ranch kind of place. You know, yeah. um, I liked Bianca. And like when when she's first as uh, like a oh we gotta pause for a second. Okay, sorry, my family's no, I didn't. Okay, Lewis, what's your uh, your favorite scene, favorite moment? Uh, okay, so. One of my one of my favorite like telling moments for basically the series as a whole is um oh. <laughs> one of my favorite moments for uh, basically the series as a whole is um, Harry's first interaction with Bianca. Like it, it tells you sort of like who he is in that one little page and a half section, like. He's kind of old school, chivalrous. He's uh, cautious. He's smart. It's very like Philip K. Dick, but without all the racism. Um, and like at the end of that interaction, he gets a note from Bianca, and I think she's written like regret on it, right? And this is not something that's just going to be glossed over. Like you get little snippets of things here and there as hints for the whole series for plot points that will be expanded upon and will end up being finalized in the end. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go into spoilers, but Bianca comes back, and it's so, so interesting to see, like, how her mind works versus Harry's, because she's, she, she's not the kind of person to show her demonic form to people and then let them live, right? So she does try to get even in a way, um... But, like, this is, this is one of those things where you know that Butcher was planning on doing, like, at least a couple of books, if not an entire series by the end of this one. Because there's, there's different threads woven into it that eventually come to a head, and it's just it's just so cool. I love stuff that has, like, a an overarching story to it. Well, to go into the publishing history a little bit, it took Jim Butcher two years to get this published. Yeah. During the course of that two years, he wrote the second novel. <laughs> so when they finally published Stormfront, he had the second novel finished and ready to go. Nice. So he knew he was going places with this. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of surprising because he wrote, um, I think he wrote the the Furies of Calderon series, or at least a bunch of it, before this series, and that didn't really go anywhere until after this one took off. So at that point, you got to be thinking, oh man, when am I going to get it right? Yeah. But, like, it's it's decent, you know? Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me. I love hearing about how authors write and the kind of struggles they go through. 
and, and you know, I don't know all the detail, but I know I know Butcher struggled for a while to yeah, get. Yeah, he did. And if you look at him, like his photos, uh, some of the pub, uh, books have copies of him. On the, he looks like Dresden. Yeah. Lanky, yeah. long black hair. Yeah. yeah. He, he looks very similar to, to <laughs> Dresden. Except now I think he's like freaking jacked. Like guy's been going to the gym. <laughs> it's great. Uh, mm, what about you, Justin? Um, I'm going to have to... Uh, Say it, it's hard to choose for me because you have Bianca, you have the skeleton, the, the skeletons, uh, scorpions, scorpions, and you have uh, the fight scene with the demons and all that. Um, but I, I, I like, I like, I loved all of those. But uh, I, I'm just going to bring up a point that. Do you guys have any? Is Bob? Oh, Bob! That's Bob. Bob. He he cracked me up. I liked Bob and and always wanting loose. And I think that the last time we let him loose, there was something about a uh, a party that lasted for three days at a fraternity house or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) Fraternity house, fraternity house, and uh, and uh, he's always wanting wanting him to make love potions and <laughs> things like that but Dresden he doesn't do love potions and for, <laughs> and we find out why he doesn't do love potions because mm-hmm. he he uh, things always <laughs> they always go wrong Bob is a fun character especially later on yeah um, you you get history of Bob later on and there's mm-hmm. depth to Bob yeah spoiler alert yeah, yeah. I was thinking of Raymond Chandler, not Philip K. Dick. He wrote all the 1930s detective stuff when the N word was still okay to say. Oh, that's yeah, what the, I was thinking. The Chandler, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, yeah. Philip K. Dick is Android Stream of Electric Sheep. Yeah, no, that's that's totally different. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't correct you because I, I thought Dick might have written some stuff. Because well, I was thinking of Philip Marlowe is what it. You know, Marlowe, yeah. So, yeah. Just all confused on our authors, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about you, Bonnie? Um, okay, well, I have a few things. Um, my favorite scene... My favorite scene is when he he builds the, the circle and captures the fairy. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, oh, I love that scene. I love that scene. And I love that there's a payoff to that with the pizza delivery guy and the whole pizza thing. And that he keeps his word mm-hmm. and after all this blows over for a week just like he said he would mm-hmm. he has pizza delivered for the fairies because apparently they like pizza he just yeah. learned this and then like once a week after that like he keeps having pizza delivered to them because he you know so I love that there was that payoff um, at the end uh, one of the the first things I think I laughed at is the very last couple sentences of the very first chapter you know, you've just met him. He's describing his, you know, office and things like that. And he's have to, having to go out. And he, he says, paranoid? Probably. But just because you're paranoid doesn't mean that there isn't an invisible demon about to eat your face. <laughs> and I like that because, I mean, you know, it's just a nice twist on a, a yeah. normal saying. One of the things also that I liked about it, and, I mean, it sucks for Dresden, but his his problem because he can do magic technology doesn't work well for him oh and you're just yeah. like oh and man like, I'm so sorry <laughs> the whole time and like in his I, car yeah. like 
That's the whole reason he drives the Blue Beetle. Which isn't even blue <laughs> no, mostly yeah. anymore because it's been replaced. <laughs> yeah. with, you know, I love that. I love that. Those are you know aspects that that filled out the story, mm-hmm. you know, for me and and filled out the character and and make you feel for the poor guy, you know. I think one of the reasons why I like that as a literary device is because it it's one obstacle like that he has to kind of deal with yeah. as a constant like okay right. I'm not going to be able to use this this and this to investigate so I actually resort to this this and this or another thing yeah. that <laughs> I found interesting and liked is that yes he unlike other stories that use magic if he wants to blast a door open he has to be careful because there is repercussions to what the mag- to the magic that he uses because if he blows a door open, there's going to be shrapnel. Mm-hmm. The the, the physics of reality yeah. are in play. So he could have broken the handcuffs, but it could have uh, breaking it, 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 it could have gotten yeah. his eyes or cut a vein. Yeah, his hand could come off too. Yeah, yeah. So I like the the fact that they put in reality mm-hmm. with it. You know, it's not like uh, like it some makes things where they just go poof and it happens. Yeah, and I, with yeah. no. Right, and the yeah. technology, like the problem with technology, like you have so many heroes that even even heroes that are having to face a lot of stuff and aren't, you know, well, we have way too many untarnished heroes for one thing that are just like everything I touch just works exactly, you know, blah blah blah, you know, even even when they conquer the bad guys, you know, they're still like okay, yeah, they overcame the bad guy, but but they didn't have all of these difficulties. Yeah. Like it's like he's handicapped here, you know, he's got all these all these things that are hampering him more than your average hero has. So I like and, that. And not only is it like technology fails around him. And stuff like that. You're going through the book, and he keeps having these fights and getting on the short end of the stick, and he's mm. getting banged up here and bruised there and <laughs> scraped there and scratched there, and, and not automatically healing. No, <laughs> no healing factors, no healing yeah. spells. That's yeah. the kind of stuff. I, the reason why I like him as a character because you think that magic would help him, like you know, get yeah. like you know, make things at least a little bit easier. But then, like you guys said, he has to consider the consequences of oh, if you know, if I do this, then it could cause this to happen, which I don't want to happen, <laughs> you know, so yeah. if he's going to do magic he has to consider, okay are the consequences something I can deal with you yeah. know, or, you know, like you said he can't deal with technology so, which is something that not a lot of people would think about, like, yeah, even yeah. if they're writing mm-hmm. the character, they're like, oh, yeah, sure he goes to Google and looks this up, you know, and it's yeah, like right. he can't do that, because it's, it's a certain you know? well, who does Bob for that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Bob is just so he kind of has to have friends he can rely on, or at least you know people he can work with. And it sometimes forces him to become a yeah. traditional gumshoe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is nice because it makes it so that he can't just rely on the modern world. Yeah. You know, like like for for somebody who could like do magic, like the ability to use the internet would also be like an easy way out. Yeah, right? like he could just like look up security camera footage for such yeah. and such. I don't need to describe. And then do like a divining. <laughs> spell to find the person he saw on camera. Like, this makes him actually, like, talk to people, yeah. <laughs> which is very important for a detective. Which is why I think a lot of detective books that are written today, like, have to kind of overcome the, oh, everything's easier for them to kind yeah. of figure out, you know. I was listening to an interview from uh, Greg Rucka, and he was talking about his first detective novel. He talks about how there's a scene where they go to the library, they look up a thing, they do this, he goes... If I wrote that story today, that scene is 12 minutes with them Googling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this information. Mm-hmm. It's that easy to get that information. It doesn't 
work that way. So by removing that, it does put Dresden back in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, kind of have, that's why, unfortunately, uh, you have to be very careful when you write, a, you know, yeah. Gumshoe Detective, because yeah. either you have to make it a period piece where, you know, they can do that, or, like this, you have to come up with either problems or find something that the internet's not going to solve. So they have to resort to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they got to come up with problems that, oh, like you said, 12 minutes on Google, and I could figure this yeah. out, yeah. you know. They have to or something that for some reason, Google search comes up empty. Yeah. And yeah. now you have, you're like, how can this not be anywhere? And you're just like, yeah. what's keeping this from Google showing up? everything. Yeah, why right? can I know? Yeah, yeah. 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 it has to be something like that. That's the whole reason why the Alphabet series by Sue Grafton, yeah. you know, A is for Alibi, B is for Burglar, it's still in like the late 1980s. It's yeah. set in that time period because that's when they were being written, but it stayed there. Yeah. Because the technology is like still sort of difficult for yeah. someone to find stuff, right? And that's mm. actually uh, w- when we get to it eventually. That's one of the reasons why I like Cuckoo's Calling because mm. it, it is modern, you know. But it's she doesn't rely on everything with Google, and she doesn't rely on she, she her protagonist actually does go out and talk to people and research things like on his own, you know. Like yeah. I think there was one scene where he had to like look at a brick wall and figure something out, you know. So <laughs> it wasn't, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. when we get to it, which we will, that's why I like it when people who write that kind of story today find ways to get their detectives out of the office <laughs> and away from relying on computers, you know. Yeah. I mean, he does use it, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. One thing I wondered, uh, it's, it's a question to the future story. Does he always dress with sweatpants, cowboy boots, T-shirts and a duster. <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> I just wonder if that was just this book or if that was. It just. And not he always wears the duster. Yeah, the yeah. duster, the duster, and the cowboy boots. I get, but the sweatpants and the T-shirt, they don't quite well, match. He's like Western practical. He doesn't even wear the cowboy boots. I, yeah. I think in future stories, okay. this just happened to be one of those things where. It was that was the only thing he could grab the only thing, yeah. throughout the most of the book. Yeah, yeah, because because Dresden is supposed to be just ridiculous. Like he's this like nine foot tall wizard in Chicago. Like he's just he's just nuts, and it is fantastic. There's the integ- uh, in in um, I I might have thought of a different book, but there's a scene where he's in, no, it's this one. Um, Interrogating somebody, he's pretending to be an officer because he shows his plastic. Uh, it's like you're not. You, you got yeah. cowboy boots, sweatpants. <laughs> you know, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you ran in your turn. My favorite scene um, was was addressed a little bit earlier, but the date that goes horribly wrong because <laughs> um, that is just ingenious pure writing. Uh, you know, but besides that, I would have to focus on the the moment where he gets jumped by McConey's men, oh, and he's like yeah. digging his thumb into some dude's hand for his hair, and um, yeah. you know that whole like he was. We were following one subplot, mm-hmm. and then another subplot comes out of nowhere. He's got to get a cab. He's tracking the blood magic. He's just you know. I forgot about that. Scene. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. It's just like boom, 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 boom. And then he kicks open the door in the bar and, you know, has that whole, you know... Everybody out. Everybody <laughs> out, you know, scene with, with McCone and, and his men. And, and um, you know, it, it is this puzzle piece where it's like, you find McCone, he's not really behind the third eye. And you get the idea that, oh, this is a play. And, 
and you get to see how real like he, he's a recurring. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. The uh, the the oh, boss McConey probably yeah. the Italian. Yeah, yeah. you're in Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it had to be Marconi. Marconi. Yeah, Marconi. Um, you get a glimpse into him where he's like, "Well, you're my enemy, and I can let you go after my other enemy." <laughs> you know, like yeah. he, he's literally playing pieces on a board. Oh yeah, yeah. Marconi yeah. is just a goddamn genius about yeah. the the illegal affairs happening in Chicago. Yeah, and he's so down. super practical <laughs> about it too. Like he knows he knows that Dresden can be a threat, but he also knows that he can be a directed threat. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, Tai Chi in a way. <laughs> yeah, he kills his, uh, the guy that jumped Dresden right yeah. there in the bar because, like, that's not. Yeah. He wasn't working for me at that moment. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that. That, awesome. that, that, that yeah. scene is probably one of my favorites. And Marconi <laughs> also is one of those people, one of the very few people who was not afraid to look a wizard in the eye. Yeah. Gonna, yeah, that I, happened in this book, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the soul the first games. Time it, it, it starts to happen, both parties look away because they know what's going to happen, but when it happens with Marconi, it's like he's not shocked at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not shocked. And Dresden has that Dresden line. comes out of it like, yeah. he was shaking up the yeah. Yeah. He yeah. learned more about me than I learned yeah. about him. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it because when you get to the point where you realize, oh, like he saw some stuff, yeah. and, but you're not quite sure in this book what he saw, mm-hmm. and it's just like, Oh crap, Marconi! He, 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 you guarantee he saw some stuff, and he now knows some stuff. Like mm-hmm. he, you can tell he's gonna store it away for like later yeah, yeah. possible use. Because you, you never really know what the other person sees in yeah. you when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever Marconi saw, he's like keeping it. Yeah, like I want to use like okay. Yeah. You know, it's I like know, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I got is, your number. <laughs> his mind is so like clinical and like mm-hmm. Spartan and like detached that it's gonna be dangerous. <laughs> Mm. Yep. Marcone, like later on, there's some stuff in Marcone that endured me as Death Mask. Yeah, yeah. There's some stuff there. Um, guys. Which unfortunately doesn't come up again as far as I know, but I want to see some of that. You do? Because <sighs> um, I, I, I'm not that far in. Um, but God, that was one of my favorite scenes with yeah. him and Marcone. Yeah. Alright. But that's uh, future shit. Yeah, <laughs> future shit. Um,. Do you have any uh, negatives? I don't know if anyone's going to have any negatives. Um, I got several. Okay. Okay, well, I don't really have any negatives personally. Um, There might have been one or two scenes that, for me, were slow by comparison. Because most of this book is like, boom, 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 you know. Okay, now i got to go do this. Within the first three chapters, not only has he... um, gotten a new client with the lady asking to find her husband, but he's met with the police, he's seen these bodies that, oh my gosh, this is horrible, mm-hmm. you know, with their uh, hearts pretty much sticking out of the chest and, you know, he's like, okay, look into this, he's met Marconi, he's like I need you, you know, to not do, investigate this for X amount of weeks, so he like, goes pretty fast, and this is like all within the first like couple chapters, you know, yeah. so you know, um, I, nothing off the top of my head, uh, nothing comes off the top of my head, but I remember there's like one or two scenes thinking, by comparison, they were kind of slow. But mm-hmm. that's, you know, mm-hmm. I don't really have any real complaints where I'm like, oh, this ruined it for me or anything, mm-hmm. you know. So, actually, I have a couple. Okay. Uh, my, my major one is his, um, I just thought this dude has way too much bad luck throughout the whole, the whole <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> 
<laughs> sorry, I've seen people with some bad luck, but this guy, you look at his the bad luck in the dictionary and his picture there. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere Jinx, he went, cursed, I whatever know what it, it was. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he's aware of it, of his bad luck. And then to top it off, I didn't like the... I mean, I could see, like, there's a quirk with technology not mm-hmm. working with them, but added with the bad luck, I, I kind of thought that was a little bit overboard. Mm. And with him knowing that he has bad luck and the technology being on his negative side, I thought um, the character was a little bit lazy, in my opinion, because the dude is, is never prepared for really much of anything. Well, I wouldn't say his, his, his whole lab is in shambles. Okay. I mean, if if the dude wanted to be serious about his business and he's always crying about about money and everything, my lab would be spotless and ready to go in an instant. Mm. And that kind of like, man, this dude's lazy, but he wants he wants money just handed to him. I had a problem with that. Well, and especially when um, he's just waiting in his in his office, and he's just has a stack of paperback of novels. Paperback novels. Yeah. He could have been doing a lot more t- uh, stuff with his time mm. to help him make money or help his job e- uh, make it his job a lot easier if he actually did get hired. And that was my major concern. To me, I, I considered uh, Harry Dresden to be sloppy and lazy. And ex- and lucky when it when he because he's quick witted, yeah. And it helped and it helped him with fighting on some of the fighting scenes. But other than that, he's as he has extreme bad luck mixed with technology hates him. And I mean, overall, I like the character, but I consider him to be to be lazy and, and ill organized. I think if you were to continue on with the series, there are moments where he goes into a battle completely prepared. Yeah. yeah. Um, he actually went into the... Well, it's probably just him from learning from his mistakes. Yes. Saying, hey, yeah. if I don't do yeah. this, I'm getting my ass I'm going to get killed if I don't do something. Yeah. yeah. At least he learns. Some characters yeah. don't. Yes. <laughs> also, another another quirk that I, that I... Kind of got upset about is um, that detective woman Karen Murphy. Oh, Karen! Yeah. She hires him specifically for the supernatural stuff, but then always has kind of doubts in him when he doesn't want to when he doesn't want to say anything. It's like, well, why did you hire me in the first place? Then just let me do my job, and when I'm done with my job, I will give you the results. You know, their their relationship is difficult to quantify in the beginning. Yeah. There are stuff later on that, how they first met and why that stuff, mm-hmm. it, you know, and again, you know, you're only judging the first book and the thing, yeah. you know. I, I think, again, that that stuff gets addressed and fleshed out later on. Um, but, but yeah, there are some weaknesses. Yeah, so yeah, at the in same the time, I can see where he's coming from because, yeah. like, if I were in charge of hiring a special, you know, detective yeah. guy, or whatever, I mean, I would be doing the same research time, into what this guy you does know, either, before hiring him. Either trust him, <laughs> not like just going said. out there blindly. Yeah, like you said, either to trust him to do his job, even if I understand her superiors might want answers, and so mm-hmm. she might be under the gun, like I gotta know, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like don't make it more difficult yeah, for him. Don't make it more difficult for a suspect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's like. I can kind of, I can kind of understand both sides, but at the same time, it's like I, I now that he says that, I was like, okay, yeah, I can see that because 
if you're going to hire him, hire him fully. Don't mm-hmm. just say, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to hire you. Hey, what are you doing here for tip of the way? You know, yeah. what are you doing now? What are you, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. awesome. she, she tries to micromanage. Yeah, yeah, micromanage. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'll, I'll give you that. Micromanage. Um, she something she doesn't even understand. Yeah. 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 And then she's pushing him for answers. Like, well, why do you even care about that? I mean, you don't even know anything about it anyway. Well, I think yeah. some of that comes down to, like, she's... In a way, she's basically a more professional PI herself who couldn't carry a gun and arrest people, you know, and that kind of mind is hungry for answers to things you don't understand, mm-hmm. you know? and this whole world to her can be seen as kind of scary in a way, and if you don't understand something, it's going to frighten you until you know it, until you mm-hmm. get answers for the questions you have about it. And it's it. hard on his end because there are things he can't <laughs> explain yeah, to her. Like, he literally can't talk about Like, look, if I told you this... I'd be in trouble. You'd be in trouble. Um, and you can say that he can't talk Yeah, about exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, yeah. so it's like... If I tell you, you'll be that. dead. Yeah. And so will I. So, <laughs> if I tell you... Back off. Yeah. Because there, there should be, like, a clause in there, like, in, in when there's a contract. Because he signs the contract to get paid whenever the, the police pay him. Mm-hmm. He should put something in there that says, hey, there's going to be things where I'm not going to be able to talk about, so don't ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I think sometimes she's kind of grumpy because... Uh, she's having to prove herself so she, much. Because they don't really take her seriously so they, yeah. on these cases because they don't really think that there's... Her job is lying to yeah, the yeah. And, yeah. you know, so <laughs> to she's, cover his butt. <laughs> I don't think she's where she really wants to be, yeah. you know, yeah. as a detective yeah, or like a police her, officer. Her whole department is kind of sort of like the left yeah. mm-hmm. and then and then to, to top it all off, she's not necessarily taken as as you know fully as she should be because she's a a short, smart pretty woman on a police force largely run by men. like yeah. Who has um, to deal with this crazy yeah, stuff that no one understands. stacked against her in this one. So yeah. I, I really, I don't hold it against her that she's kind of like, like angry at times and angry with him for not talking. I get it. That's fine. Uh, you know, but the interesting thing I thought is that she has a partner who doesn't believe any of this yeah. stuff, is a total skeptic <laughs> on it, but he will back her 100%. It's X-Files. It's the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. it kind of is. Yeah. Mm. Um, what else did I have? Something else. Midnight, you waited. Oh my gosh, if we draw that later, that's going to be hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, think, I think I probably summed it up with the bad luck yeah. and the laziness. Yeah. Those, those are all I, I can understand those complaints. Oh, that, I mean, that just annoyed the hell out of me. It, it sucks when a character has that much bad luck. Where you're like, okay, really? It can be a yeah. little repetitive. Yeah. If you're if you're if you were a real person, I don't think you'd have this much bad luck. Yeah, you know? and then on top of it, be technology retarded. <laughs> mm. Oh, there's some funny stuff later on. There really yeah. is with that. Mm. All right, uh, Wayne. Uh, any negatives? <coughs> Cuckoo, cuckoo. Um, Who wants cuckoo? On this one, not really. Um, The renegade wizard's been throwing around fireballs and set the place on fire. You've got 
what was it, nine or more giant scorpions? Yeah. Running that just loose. Sucked. Yeah. You know? And an out of control demon. Okay. In that nobody's controlling it, it's free. Yeah, because Harry spoke its name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Incorrectly. On purpose. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he spoke it correctly. He didn't give it a purpose. He uh, freed it. Yeah. And it, it just... It, there were so many things in, in that scene. The um, orgy, the, you know, the balcony. The, it was overkill. A little too much chaos. This no. is Harry. Too much danger. His whole damn life is chaos. Right. Yeah, no, it 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 flowed well. I, it just was, you know. Morgan shows up, and I didn't really like him either. Harry, no, sure. Harry is to. hanging off of this balcony from a set of handcuffs that <laughs> had just saved his life, basically, and. Morgan says something, and Harry looks up, and it's like, okay, I'm dead meat. <laughs> kill me. <laughs> and, you know, at that point, you're you're believing Harry is dead meat at that point. And yeah. then dead Morgan, man hanging. <laughs> yeah, and then Morgan reaches down and cuts through the handcuffs and pulls him up and said, I saw what you did, you know, and it just... You don't like Morgan. I don't think at any point you like Morgan in the series. There's a couple of things like, like lawful good. Yeah. And yeah. And that can be very he's the paladin and that can be so annoying. Yeah. When you like just take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? you know, he I, is the I sword of with that. Yeah. I disagree with because that. Because he sees Harry as breaking the rules and he's he's a stickler for the rules. He is lawful. Mm-hmm. He's like yes, this is he's lawful neutral because every he doesn't do anything for good and he doesn't do anything for bad. It's all because it's the law. Okay. He's lawful okay, neutral. That's that's fair. I can, I can lawful good. Yeah. He would be helping Harry, not just. But watching. he thought Harry was the one doing it. Was yeah, but when he when, it. when he saw him doing the things that, that he right, was doing he that were right, right. That makes he sense. did not yeah. participate that makes to sense. help him. He's just watching to see what he's he lawful. Okay, lawful neutral. Okay. Yeah. He was definitely hurt. lawful. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Can we take that book and hit you over the head with it? Where's the law book? It's got to be big. <laughs> he's in very inflexible. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Even if it means helping someone, he'd like... Well, look at right here. Look at the sentence and this law book and this is what you're breaking. <laughs> you know, the yeah. law that you're breaking. Yeah. I, ha- I feel no obligation to and assist you one way or the other. You must follow it exactly. to the letter punctuation mark. You know. and, and it is... He, he is like that through the series to the very end. Of the book, mm-hmm. or of the whole Dresden of of, of, of when you of catch up series. with him later on, he's the same asshole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there is no character growth for Morgan. Yeah, he hasn't like changed. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have a whole lot of complaints. Like the the one thing that struck me as odd is is like the Harry that I know now by book like fourteen is different enough from the Harry in book one that I'm going, wait, is this the same guy? <laughs> but it's because at that point he had grown so much that he was quite literally a different person. 
The um, threats are also a lot smaller. Yeah, yeah. The stakes are not nearly as high as they are later on. Um, it's it, in in this one. It's almost just like a like a freak of the week kind of episode of Buffy. Like this is season one. <laughs> <laughs> but in many ways, that's how it's supposed to be. It's setting up the world. It's not trying to overwhelm you too much. Yeah, I think if you get enough books in any series, it's kind of like yeah. it's supposed to start off as you know the ghost of the week in Scooby Doo or you know yeah yeah um, and then Old once Man Jenkins, yeah. yeah the only other guy in the episode that's who it is <laughs> you know and that's kind of how it's supposed to be for at least the beginning and then mm-hmm. after so many books you'd be like okay they're just over remember that guy we introduced in book one well he's now back or what you know yeah. whatever <laughs> yeah it's, well yeah. now he's back and he is ten times worse than he was in book one or yeah ten times better depending on what you're writing you know what I mean <laughs> so. So yeah, that, that's about it. I don't really have a whole lot of complaints. This is one of the only series that I've like devoured completely. Like this and Harry Potter. Like I, <laughs> I failed the Spanish class because Harry Potter book seven came out. I must have failed something for this series as a whole because we have a bunch of these at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's when you know you're really into a book. Yeah. <laughs> it's when you fail a class because of it. Oh, <laughs> Me, I didn't have a whole lot of issues that I could think of except one is at the end of the book you never find out what happened to Bob. Oh. I assume Bob came back after his 48 hours. He probably just lied. I'm staying more than 24 hours. I think because it's a problem he's magically bound to return. Yeah. 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 But you never hear what happens to Bob. I was kind of expecting him to come back and like and, and help or something. Yeah. No. He just got Bob's selfish. Pretty yeah, selfish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's selfish. He was given leave, and by golly, he's I'm enjoying my every leave. second of that. Yeah, yeah. I could care less what happens. <laughs> yeah, he's had thousands. I'm of just assuming you'll be there when I get back, and if not, oh well. Yeah. Oh well, I live longer in this skull than you have. Like if, if, <laughs> lived if, ever. if Morgan is lawful neutral, Bob's kind of like chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> like he's kind of selfish, but you can kind of rely him for good information, but if you let him out, he's going to do whatever he's going to do. Yeah, I'd say uh, he's (laughs) definitely chaotic neutral. Um, Okay, so I have a little bit of a problem with the bad guy in this book, because okay, I mean, I get, like, it's it's not going to be a surprise that it's the guy we're looking for from, you know, because the lady comes, right, so like, you say, what, (laughs) right, you know, like, that's not a surprise, like, oh, the lady comes looking for my husband, and oh, look, she knows more than we expect, oh, it's a, it's a detective noir piece, that's not a surprise, but I felt like, like, this guy, I know he, like, found out everything on his own. He knows nothing about the White Council. He knows nothing about rules. But I felt he like... He seemed pretty powerful for someone I who felt knows nothing. Exactly. I felt like he was a little too powerful. I know the storms were helping, but I felt like he knew a little... Like, he'd learned too much on his own to not have been noticed by someone yeah. at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I get I get the motivation of the couple that's helping because of their daughter dying and, the, you know, all that. I get their motivation... Um, his wife and kids, like, you hurt for them, you know, and this guy is, like, pure evil, and he didn't start out that way. Victor Sells? Yeah, Yeah. and and he's like, he's like, he didn't start out pure evil, he has a family and kids that at some point loved him, you know, like, but he's gotten super powerful, and he's really evil, and he's doing this whole drug thing, and and I guess the one thing that I did like, though, was because he's not fully trained, he didn't know not to say the demon's name in front of Harry. Yeah. So, okay, finally. We get some payoff on the fact that this guy <laughs> doesn't know as much as he's supposed to. But honestly, he had way more power than he should have. Yeah. 
That's my only yes complaint no. about it in some ways. Like, I felt like, you know, I really felt like doing that much research on your own, he would have been noticed by someone in the White Council that, that he should have come, with this much power, he should have blipped before. I, I would expect Morgan to know because, I mean, yeah, right. he, he is focused on Aries. I know he's totally focused on television. Yeah, he said. But at the same time, since he is so to the book rules, you think if someone is doing all this crap on the side, he'd be like, it's his well, obligation to look, follow I, the yeah, rules. I'm, so, I'm still watching you, Harry, but something is going on over here that I probably should check on Right. For half a second, don't go I'm away. I'm assuming yeah. you did it because it's in close enough proximity to you, but it wasn't really, like, not all of it was right next to Harry, so if you're watching Harry all the time, you know he didn't do this. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know, I just, I just felt like he had a little too much power yeah. and I was a little a too evil. I have a theory about that. That's, that's fine. Um, I just, that's my one thing. I can't there. remember if it gets touched on in the book, this one here, but in, in later on we end up, like, it's not, it's not a spoiler per se, um, but we end up finding out that, like, dark magic and like evil manipulation of these kind of forces has a tendency to make you fairly strong fairly quickly but that kind of quick power has a way of corrupting you right okay it's that the makes dark sense side. it just yeah. wasn't explained in this book so it yeah, felt yeah. like yeah, he watched it felt Wars. like this yeah. guy this <laughs> guy's only been doing these things for what right. like a year maybe yeah, like yeah. and you can already call upon a demon yeah, and all so this other really? stuff that Harry's never even thought of using a storm to enhance his powers, and I mm-hmm. get that, okay? He's because Harry was trained. Maybe that's something you'd never think of. Yeah. However, it's like he's super like Harry almost died killing him, and Harry's yeah. been trained, so yeah. it just it just seemed a little I don't know. Harry's training is not perfect, by the way. Uh, well, I understand that. I understand yeah. that. I kind of figured that a little yeah. bit by the fact that he had to kill his original master, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He touches on that in this book, but. But I don't know. I just that was my one thing is that I felt that the bad guy was just a little. He is kind of a Mary Sue in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's my only that's my only you know yeah. thing. I, I, I think one of the things that it kind of hints at at the book is yes, he was evil. Yes, he had learned things, but when he was wielding this amazing power. It was when a storm was in there, and he, whether it was accidentally or just he sensed it and tried it, it was when he was able to tap into this boundless energy inside a storm to boost his power. That was fully explained. I didn't have a problem with that. And so when a storm's in town, it's like he has Mm -hmm. unlimited power. And when the weather is, it's like... But he's no, I've got to, tr- I've got to draw people in, and I have to, you know, have, have the orgies to feed off of. Right, and, and I'm, I get that, and I get that he was constantly wanting more power, and that's why he did the drug thing and then brought more people in for the orgy. I, I get that. I just still felt like he had a little more than he should have mm-hmm. for, for having just come across this thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things where like Harry is using his magic essentially for for good, right? Like he's doing yeah. he's doing this kind of stuff for like altruistic purposes. Um, whereas Victor is very like selfish and self-centered with his magic. Like he's not necessarily trying to help anyone but himself, and that can be very very blinding, but it can give you a laser focus too on what exactly you want. I think that might have been like helping him just mentally to kind of like psych himself up and tap into these dark forces of nature, you know. It's also a good villain because at that point Dresden is like, you know, I'm going to be a detective. Yeah. And everyone in the magic community is like you're wasting your your, your talent, yeah. 
And you got Victor, who doesn't have the support Dresden has, focusing on himself and has mm-hmm. accumulated so much so quickly. You know, it's like if Dresden had focused on himself, this is a path that could have been open to him. Oh, yeah, and, and they yeah. talk about that when he and sees the evil moment. energy. There was that yeah, moment where he's moment like, I could patient. use this, yeah. but I don't want that. I don't want to touch that. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, I'm not touching that. Yeah, and and, and I... I liked that, that there was the temptation and he faced that down. I liked that. I didn't have a problem with that at all. Right. I, just, I just felt like... We didn't spend enough time with Victor to... Yeah! He's okay. not a character, he's a character. Yes, yeah. he is. And, and so it, it kind of felt like... Point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it felt like suddenly this, this human who shouldn't have anything is like... Yeah. Killing everybody, and no, <laughs> you know? up, to, up to that point, everything has been secondhand yeah. from from his wife, from his kids, from talking to this person yeah. who knew yeah. that person. Maybe if we spent a little bit more time with the character, yeah, it, yeah. and at least maybe understood more of him Where personally, yeah. it wouldn't have then been. Then it so would have been like, as oh well, like, you know, creepy, creepy. I need a shower after reading this scene with this evil man. There you is, know, there is one evil, last evil. thing that I haven't touched on that I. Think if I'm remembering correctly, does get touched on in future books that might offer an explanation. I'm not going to say anything, but I think we might get an answer if I remember correctly. So, so read more. So books. hold out. Hold <laughs> out. <laughs> I've read the second one before mm. I read the first one. I'm talking like book like twelve. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been years since I read the second one. So. Well, this is the only one I've read so, <laughs> so far. Right. It was interesting because I watched the series before I read the second yeah. one, mm. and and while I liked the overall like. Like, there were some things that were changed for the series, and yeah. I actually kind of liked how they did it in the series a little bit more with the werewolves than how they did it in the book oh, a little yeah. bit. Like, there were certain certain little bits, and I don't want to give away anything, but mm-hmm. certain little bits that I was like, well, I liked it, but I really liked how they did it in this. Yeah. Because I'd watched the series, I didn't exactly know because I was thinking it was going to end the way it did in the show, <laughs> and then it was different, and I was like, oh, that's good. I like different, you know, but anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I do want to point out for the books on tape... Um, James Masters, I think his name is, does the audio recordings. Mm-hmm. He plays Spike on Buffy, and awesome. I yeah. want him to play Dresden so bad, because <laughs> like, he, he he, ooh, he's so good in the audio recordings. Yeah. He's but already voicing it, and we know he's a great actor. <laughs> yeah, I, I want him to. He's also like six foot two something. You know. Is he? That yeah. Is just bleaches hair black. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize he was that. Yeah, that was awesome. Sorry. Yeah. Bleaches hair black. Hey, he's always up for surprise. Just in the sentence where we expect him to. But no, I just I want him to do play Dresden mm-hmm. in something so bad. That'd be interesting. We need a Dresden movie. We do. Oh my god, yeah. Starring Spike from Buffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, any dislikes for you? Really? Um, for the first novel. Um, no. Uh, everything pays off later on that isn't really addressed. I think that's kind of the consensus. Is you ha- if you want certain things to pay off, you got to read more of the books. Darn, mm. we have to read more of the books. How Gosh. upsetting. Oh. How dare you make Damn. me... How dare you drive <laughs> me to the book club and demand I read more books. That is insulting. <laughs> Nobody is demanding you read more books. <laughs> that's all on you. <laughs> no, like you're the, demanding it's like the, his- the history class that I took that the teacher made us read like across the wide Missouri and several other novels that were historically based, but he only made us read the first half of Gone with the Wind. 
I had finished Gone with the Wind by the end of the semester. You can't but make me read just half a book. You can't if make it's me good. Read, uh, if it's a bad the, book, the, I'm the okay. first half of Gone with the Wind was applying to the section that we were studying at that point in time. But Gone with the Wind is a big book. It is. And after you've read half of it, you've got to know those characters so well. And oh, you only have to read the first half. <laughs> You're I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Whole book. Yeah. yeah, I've got the whole book down. Thank you very much. And it was one of the few books that, after I read it, even two to three months later, I'd suddenly catch myself wondering what a particular character was doing at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what so and so's doing now. You're probably dead. Okay, be that way. Technically speaking. One of the things that every time you, you come across a reference makes me chuckle. There are so many like little comic book references. Yeah, oh my god, he's basically Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he throws a couple Spider-Man references out there. He's sarcastic. Uh, he's one, one that I liked is the little Edgar Allan Poe references. Yeah, he had a couple of those. There was a couple mm-hmm. of those. Like when the demon shows up. Rapping at his chamber door. <laughs> <laughs> Rapping at my chamber door. But I don't think it's Lenore. So there was a few of those yeah. things, yeah. Um, the Blue Beetle is a DC yeah. superhero, it's so nice. it's like, it's like, okay, like, yeah, you know, like there's references all throughout his, the whole Harry Potter mm-hmm. universe. Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... Wait a minute. Wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong orphan magic user. Yeah. <laughs> You're not far off, though. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting here trying to remember like comic book references in Harry Potter. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. no. No, there, I don't remember Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> there's all these... Uh, just In a later book, there's a sequence where he's being tortured. And he's just quoting Spider-Man throughout the torture sequence to get him. Th- you know, it's like, oh my god, like, you know. It, well, it, you did say that he wrote uh, he, for Marvel one yeah, year. He wrote. He wrote, uh, uh, which it's in our. Hopefully, we'll get to it. It's in our uh, our queue. Uh, Spider-Man: Darkest Hour, which is my favorite Spider-Man story of all time. I've read thousands of Spider-Man stories. Spider-Man: Darkest Hour is. The greatest Spider-Man story I've ever read. Um, awesome, that's high praise. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I, I take it over anything that Dan Slott is currently doing, or Ramita, or I love what he did with Spider-Man. Um, and one thing that that Butcher does that I think might be a bit of a crutch, but it works so well for Dresden, and he did this in the Spider-Man novel, is he has three subplots going on at once. Mm. Yeah. You know, this one they all collided at the end, but later on it's they don't always do that. Yeah. So you have three like you always feel for the character like just just take a moment and breathe. Yeah. Just just please for my sake take a moment and breathe. <laughs> That's a common thing for TV too. Like there's the A plot and the B plot, and, the, and there's one that you always care about more than the other. Yeah. Um, but and it may not be the main one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but Butcher always has three plots: A, B, and C running simultaneously, mm-hmm. and it's impressive how he's able to work with some of those. One thing, and, and it didn't get mentioned, but that I I really like about this book: his origins are hinted at in a couple of brief moments of 
thought or flashback, just but is pretty much left in the dark. Just a couple of hints. Mm-hmm. But when you come in, this isn't his initial mission. This is the first story we meet him in. But he already has some trophies and some scars and things from previous battles that he alludes to. We're just suddenly jumping on board with a guy who's been out there and doing this for some time. And we're the Johnny-come-lately that's getting to ride along and look over his shoulder in this book, even though it's the first book in the series. It's kind of like, you know... It's been in progress for some time, and we just caught wind of it and are following it. And and I kind of like that, because so many first novels will focus so much on all the details of the origin and why this character comes to be. And in the Dresden book, the character is. Mm-hmm. And you learn about him as we go along. I like that sometimes, too, because it's like, you know, if you think about real life, meeting people, you're not coming in at their origin. <laughs> you know, yeah, when, you meet, yeah. when you meet people, like in real life, you're coming in at a specific part, you know. Yeah. And so it's nice when you have books like that, too, because, yeah, there are some characters where you need to follow them through the origin for certain reasons, mm-hmm. you know. Like, okay, Harry Potter, you mentioned earlier, like, he doesn't know the world, we don't know the world, it, it helps. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then you have stuff like this where it's kind of nice, like, oh, okay, you know, like we said, he's been on at it for a while. We'll figure it out as it comes along with yeah, it. Yeah, you know. It's not his first job with the police department. You know, it's not his first, yeah. you know. He has these, established, that, yeah. these pre-established relationships. And sometimes you can you know, do that, and it's good, good, you know. Yeah. Not to him. And especially in, in series like this, where it's like, okay, you know at some point we're going to get his full backstory. Yeah. Yeah. You know at some point we're going to learn more about this character. Yeah. It may not be book two or three, but... <laughs> Somewhere along the way. By line. the end, we hope. Yeah. yeah we Hopefully, by the end, yeah. someone will explain to us why this happened. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, he had to do this that got him in trouble with the White Council. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So. We don't have to slog through watching Uncle Ben die. We don't have to watch Thomas and Martha Wayne get shot <laughs> again. <laughs> like, it's just, he's a, he's a fully fleshed out character when we see him. And that is just so cool. Because it's, yeah. it's very easy to just jump in at that point, you know? And if you want the order, Origin stuff. There, it, it yeah. it's in multiple books. It's, it's also there. <laughs> there's that uh, one of the books called uh, Odd Jobs, Side Jobs, Side Jobs. It gives um, it actually gives his first case. Mm-hmm. It when he's uh, studying under another detective agency, you have to have so many hours before you can get your license. So you there, his first case is available. Mm-hmm. Um, In fact, you can just you can just read it or download it for free on Jen Butcher's website. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we want to go around final final uh-huh. statements. Um. Well, I think most of us said it quite a bit, but um, I, I really enjoyed the book. I do think it was a fair introduction into the uh, series. Um, I'd probably, you know, I, I do want to eventually read more of the books because I think I'm one of the few people, maybe the only person here who hasn't read more than this because <laughs> it's the only, you know, uh, okay, so me and Justin. Yeah, yeah, you, Dave. Oh, Dave? Okay. Well, so I'm not as alone as I thought I was, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I eventually I will add the rest of the series to my read list, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I, I'd say fair, maybe 8 out of 10 for me personally um, and yeah I'm just looking forward to reading more from this series at some point 
I'd have to say the reason why I didn't watch this on TV is because Harry Potter was out, and <laughs> it just reminded me of a Harry Potter detective. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. I don't, I'm not going to watch this crap. <laughs> and then I skipped it, and then this is the first time I've read anything about the Dresden Files, and I must say that I really enjoyed the book, and I definitely read it again. Good. Cool. Yeah. Um, this is... This is not the the first book I I hit bookshops and picked up a couple of random Dresden books here. So I've I've started off by reading like book twelve, like book fifth, you know, fourteen, and then this one, which is book one. Uh, so I, I've read like three books out of the series, but um, definitely out of sequence. And well, that's one thing I cannot do. I can't yeah. read books out and of sequence. And, and there is lots, there, there is lots the of stuff that happens between book one and book twelve. Yes, you know, and you get little glimpses of what's some of that stuff that's happened in book twelve, like you get little glimpses of Harry's backstory in book one, but not enough to fill you in on all that stuff if you haven't read it. So, uh, but enough to carry you through the story. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I appreciate that about about Butcher is he gives you enough to carry you through mm-hmm. the story. There's actually um, I, I I think if I'm remembering correctly, like the first three or four books in the series, like one through four, are set up in such a way that you can start them, and he'll kind of sort of give you like an introduction that he would have given you in the first book to like what he's doing right now. You know, it's kind of like how the Harry Potter books are kind of set up the same way. Like you can read them from book three or four and not get super lost, you know. But eventually, that starts to not happen anymore as he realizes, oh, all this stuff is chronological. <laughs> it's chronological, and there's a lot of continuity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, it's like uh, Odd Thomas. Yeah, you could read books two or three, and maybe even four. But if you try to start with book six on Harry yeah. Potter, you're <laughs> you're you lost. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say Odd Thomas. At some point in every book so far. There's a moment where he goes, my name is Odd Thomas, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he just gives you yes, that setup. That's yeah, my yeah. legal name. Legal okay. name. He gives you that setup from the first book. In yes, every, I see dead people. In <laughs> every book. So it's, moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, moving on. Uh, Dresden, you really do have to start from the beginning for some of those. Yeah, I'd, I'd never go out of sequence. But yeah. Maybe that's... OCD of me or something. I don't well, know. I'm, I'm actually the same way. Like Brandon will tell you, they've been trying. I can't get her to get like comic books. Like if it's issue 300 and something, I was like, well, I have to read the first 300 <laughs> issues. Like, I, why I'm are sorry, you doing this? I, I can't you do that. I, I feel the same way. When a number one comes out, I am on it, yes. and and that's why we have so many number ones. They know <laughs> they sell. Uh, uh, issue 310 is not going to sell. <laughs> that's, that's I'm the same way. I can't. Yeah. I can't wrap my mind around it. He goes, oh no, it's okay. Usually they'll, you know, you you, you don't get lost. Story arc, and I'm maybe, like, maybe. And no. That's the thing, like, you don't really have to go by the numbers, but it's not common knowledge to not go by the numbers. Right. When, when I was younger, reading comics, issue 300 and something meant more than number one because that means it's good. It's been around this long. I can see that. Whereas that number sense. ones would come out and just be like, well, this is you know, yeah. three issues later, it's done. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's it's yeah, a different like argument. when they did the 2099 series, and there were a couple no. of those that. Only made it to three issues. <laughs> Only made it to three issues, and the character got killed off, or yeah. that was never heard of again. It's, fine. it's yeah. a teeny little trade paperback. Twenty ninety nine did not last long. <laughs> Although, 
they had a couple of good ones in there. Mm. I really like Spider-Man 2099. You know what? I tried to buy that one as a number one with the new ones, but I asked the guy at the comic shop if there was any relation at all to the previous 2099 Spider-Man. He couldn't say yes or no one way or the other. We'll talk later, yeah. We'll talk later. Sorry. You and I, the flag (laughs) pulls. We'll talk about Spider-Man. 2099. Closing thoughts. Um... I liked it, and I I look forward to reading more of the series. Okay. That's That's it. It. <laughs> I liked that I watched the TV show first. Yeah. Because then, if I if you haven't just watch the TV show because it's fun. Mm-hmm. I'd watch it now. Well, yeah, but you'll hate it after it. reading the book. Uh, <laughs> not hate it, but but you'll be like, like, that's hey, not right. Hey, that's hey, not hey, right. Yeah, that's yeah. not right. So so yeah. So there will be a little bit of that. So so you might want to watch those of you who are listening to podcasts who have never had any contact with Dresden. Go go on Netflix, Hulu, whatever. Watch. It's only one season. Okay, watch it. Twelve episodes. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. It's like twelve, thirteen episodes. Watch it, then read book one and keep going because it's fun. And the main actor is decent for it too. Yes, he is. He he was. He was good. I I used to like the series before I read the book. Yeah, I I still like the series. I I watch it again. It's easier for me to like a series or a movie that's based on books. If I see it before I read the books, because then I'm not like nitpicking at it. I'm not saying, oh, they changed this and it's supposed to be like this, you know, so. Yeah. Mm. And then there's Return to Oz. <laughs> Which I've never God. seen. I'm so point that thing at me. You still have to give myself to see Mordecai because it's such uh, so much better than the book. I'm so sorry about the book. Oh, that's, that's a rarity. <laughs> I know. I know. Isn't that awful? Mm. Oh my gosh! One of you. Okay. Um, there's the scene. I know most people at the table. Only Brent and I have seen the show. Uh, what's the one um, with uh, Simon Pegg and he's oh, living uh, with space, space, space right? Yes, yeah. the and uh, there's that scene where he's burning all the Star Wars yeah, yeah. stuff. I, I don't point that thing at me. I'm like, oh, that's it. That's what I thought of. You weren't there, man. You weren't there, man. <laughs> and I'm just imagining burning. Yelling at a, a, a seven-year-old over Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, I love that scene. I posted that on Facebook just randomly. <laughs> you weren't there, man. You were there from the beginning, man. Uh, I just want some Jar Jar Binks. Oh. Yeah. Um, my my closing is even if. You don't want to just jump right in with the novels. There are multiple comic book adaptations of the novels from Dynamite. There are. Uh, I have a problem with the um, adaptations because I the art just doesn't match mm-hmm. visual imagery. The yeah. great artist. Yeah. There are um, standalone stories that um, have nothing to do. They're within the Dresden universe, yeah. and it's like kind of like side jobs where it's like oh this happened between this and yeah, this they're just nice little snippets they take there is an overarching chronological timeline for the books and the short stories but the short stories don't re- like you don't have to read them in a certain order they're just nice little snippets of Dresden it's great and at some point he did a short story with illustrations by Mike Mignola nice so like if you're a comic book fan Dresden is is rich with Blue Beetle references and Spider-Man references with great power comes great responsibility and all that. And um, I recommend Dresden strongly because, like you said, I was on the fa- I was a casual fan, and we we subscribed to Scribd. Scribd didn't have all the Dresden books, so I jumped around a little bit too. And then I read Proven Guilty, and that is probably one of the best books I've ever read. Um, 
and so I think this series is worth getting all the way through just for that experience of reading Proven Guilty. Just to make it a bit more convenient, I don't know if they're still being published, but you can find out there the first four and then the next four of the Dresden Files books as like one volume editions. Yeah, omnibus. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think I think they're still being published, but I'm not sure. But if you just want to go the convenient yeah. route, just it's four yeah, books in one. Like yeah. it's fine. I found we found a used site and we bought like six books at a time. <laughs> So, yeah. all right, it, it's time for the reaping to decide what we're doing. Okay, we Dave, last time, so, so who wants to draw this side? Okay, Dave. Okay. Dave. okay. Stick your hand in there and choose something. Hand. Not that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> the other one. When I glued down for you. Oh, wait. Glue <laughs> down. That one worked. That one worked. Okay. All right. What is it? Okay. Let me get my glasses on. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. The Maze Runner by James Dashner. Nice. All right. right. Who, who offered that one up? I did. Okay. I did. I have not read the book. <laughs> Sorry. I um, but I've never seen previews for the movie. It I I watched the movie, and then I also watched the second movie. And um, interesting, interesting concept, interesting world. Even after watching the second movie, you're still like not quite sure. Like overall, like. <laughs> You know who's the real bad guy? <laughs> who's really like what? You know, like there's enough. Um, but the the first, the Maze Runner, at least from the movie, it's you've got these. This it starts with your main character, and he comes up an elevator out on the top of this this field meadow. There's some trees and stuff, and there's um, he's he's come up this elevator. It's closed. It, there's some food and supplies and things like that in with him and he doesn't know who he is and usually within about 24 hours of you being there you remember your name and that's all you remember okay and there's this group of guys and and one guy shows up every month with supplies and there's this maze surrounding this and the maze opens up during the day the doors open up and at night it closes and if you get trapped in the maze you know there's monsters and stuff and you don't know who created the maze you don't know why you're there you don't so we've got these group of guys that are making a society for themselves, and they're young, like, teenage guys. And then then a girl shows up, and it says, this will be the last one. And now they have no idea. They have to try to figure out, if, can they get through the maze? What can they do? And can they do it without dying? And, and there's people who run the maze every day trying to map it, because mm. it's this huge, expansive thing. And so you've got all these people who don't know anything about themselves except their name, thrust together forming this society and trying to figure things out. And it was really a fascinating idea. And mm-hmm. I liked the movie. I liked the second movie. And well, so I didn't even know they had a second movie. There's a second mm-hmm. movie. It's um, Scorch Trials. Because it's mm-hmm. a trilogy of books, right? Yeah. It is. And I have not read the book. I have it on my Kindle, but I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the book. Young adult. Yeah, young adult. So it shouldn't be a difficult read, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, you know, fascinating, you know. It was an interesting concept. I liked it, you know. Um, so the dynamics between people trying to, you know, figure out how to grow food and how to protect themselves and how to, you know. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, so the Maze Runner. All right. Next month, Maze Runner. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>
So there you have it. That was uh, Harry Dresden, uh, the first novel in the Dresden Files, Stormfront. Uh, this was a very fun podcast because we went up to my in-laws' cabin in the woods, and uh, we recorded from uh, their their cabin out there. Um, and the reason why we did that is the climactic battle in the um, uh, book took place in a cabin in the woods, and we had the opportunity to record in a cabin in the woods. So it was a very fun um, episode, and um, uh, you know, I, I want to recommend, like, I recommend not just Stormfront, but the entire Dresden series. Do a deep dive. Um, this series is incredible. It's one of my favorites. Um, you have uh, something, you know, working for Bigfoot is a great one. Um, there's like 14 books in the series, uh, plus a couple of comic books that are done, I believe, through Dark Horse. Uh, you know, and I know he's done some project with Mike Mignola involving Dresden. I'm not entirely sure what that is. Um, so I would strongly recommend anything written by Jim Butcher. Over the last two years or so, he's become one of my favorite novelists. And, uh, I, yeah, I strongly recommend Jim Butcher. Now, next month's novel is going to be The Maze Runner. Now, please like and subscribe to our Facebook page as this month, uh, uh, next month, we're going to be giving away a copy of The Maze Runner. So stay tuned to our Facebook page uh, for that giveaway. All right. Thank you, and uh, see you next month.